So I almost just called Kai requesting to pull this episode, as in not publish it. But here it is in its uh, unpolished, imperfect form because it's an important episode. The reason I was going to call to say, hey, let's pull it, is I ended up being quite vulnerable unexpectedly about a topic that's really quite important, but I was unprepared for. And Kai asked some good questions and I thought, fuck it, like I'm just going to roll and share my journey of perfectionism and procrastination. But it meant because I wasn't prepared, I wasn't as clear as I would like about my journey. I wasn't clear about the learnings and I wasn't as clear as I'd like about the recommendations for you. But I decided to let this very unpolished episode to ship as it is because ironically, it's probably good to have an episode about perfectionism to be probably one of the least perfect episodes we've recorded so far. I think that's probably in good form. So it's not perfect. It's raw in parts. Uh, It's me sharing some of my flaws, but um, I'm glad that we're shipping it. Just one final point. I was a bit nervous in parts and actually misspoke. And so when you hear me say four, five out of 10, I'm actually meaning four or five stars. I'm sort of bounced between explaining shipping something as a one star experience and it then becoming better over time, you know, to get it to a four to five star experience, obviously five star being the best that you can have. But I frequently say four, five out of 10 or five out of 10. And so when I'm saying four, five out of 10, I'm actually meaning to say four or five stars. So it's actually the best experience. So um, with that, let's roll this very important, imperfect episode uh, on this topic about perfectionism and procrastination. So I am a recovering perfectionist. I've been a perfectionist sober for about three years, certainly like 100% squeaky clean in the last two years. Wow. And I actually think it's it's important to actually have some self-forgiveness on that journey and, and knowing that it's going to take a while. Like you're not going to be able to flick a switch and then all of a sudden turn into some like pragmatic shipping machine tomorrow. Welcome to Startup Jobs, a podcast where we explore all the different jobs in a tech startup. What exactly are they and what have we learned from scaling teams from the inside? While most startup content focuses on the founder or investor or specific area like marketing, this show is about accelerating your personal and career growth journey in whatever startup job is best for you. Yeah, exactly, Kyle. Like This show is about you. Yep. We want you to be the very best that you can be. Yo, yo. Hey, we're back. We, we are back. Today, Mike, we're chatting about perfectionism. Yeah. Um, and uh, and sort of this balance of trying to get things right and perfect versus getting things done mm. um, and sort of how to ship things yes. um, with the right level of doneness. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's something that really sort of hit me recently that like particularly in a startup, yes. that is a skill that is really important to get good at. 100%. I mean, I think let's start with why it's important. So, you know, in a startup environment, the single most important thing is shipping. And when we say shipping, that's a very tech term. What do we mean by shipping, Kai? So shipping is uh, is getting stuff out of port, um, <laughs> you know, out, out the door to right. customers 
out into the world, whether yep. it be a, a product or a you know campaign or whatever. Yeah, and the, the terminology is often been used in you know shipping code. So like once you've written a bit of code, like like ship it, like push it into production, and you know get it live. But I think you know we use the word shipping or like ship it. Um, everything from send that email to that customer to like follow up on that thing to finish that bit of creative to basically putting anything out in the world, uh, completing those important elements, we, we call that shipping. And so in a startup environment, uh, shipping the most important things uh, at the right levels of fidelity, um, but shipping quickly rather than waiting until it's perfect or until it's completely risk-free is the most important thing. Why is it so important in a startup? And I will answer your perfectionist question, but why is it important to ship? So I think the the thing that strikes me here is that Early on, yep. It, I mean, it's so easy to just sort of sit in your own sort of dark room mm-hmm. early on, and and really not get outside the building uh, and and build something you think is great, and then you take it to a customer six months down the track, and they go, "Hey, actually, this doesn't solve my problem." Right. Um, and that just doesn't that doesn't happen just at the start. That yep. continues to happen. So, yep. you know, the idea of a minimum viable product, shipping yep. that even though that's not perfect, yes, but it's good enough to get into a customer's hands. Yes, I think that. I mean, that, that sort of comes to mind first for me. Yeah, sure. So we ship in that scenario, we ship to um, get closer to the customer and to get market feedback yes. to be able to improve. There's a range of other areas. Well, you know, why would you ship that email at a certain level of fidelity, you know, rather than spending another 60 minutes making it perfect? Right. Or like, why would you spend three hours preparing in that customer presentation and, you know, dicking around with your fonts yet again, Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, versus just ship it you know, after an hour, you got a certain level of fidelity. The reason why we ship uh, at lower grade is because getting it out into the world means that you can iterate and learn. Yes. Whether that's iterating and learning in product, whether that's um, – and then, frankly, you just got to get through a volume of, of things as well. And so, you know, you, you sort of can't spend half your day perfecting that customer presentation because there's a that there's a range of other critical things that need to get done and so you're constantly having to prioritize the most important things um and making sure you get those done but then shipping at the right level of uh, fidelity it actually like it just i don't know why but it popped into my head that we are all mortal um, right and like if you really really zoom out and we don't have to go well we're really going far this deep for too long sure but we don't have forever on this planet we don't have <laughs> forever true. in this business like you can take 10 years to do something yep. or you can take 10 minutes yep. um, and there's a balance. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to talk about. Yep. But I think at, a, at, a, at, at its highest level, it's just being cognizant of the fact that we're not here forever. Yes. So sometimes you just need to get stuff moving. Yep. So with, with that sort of context set, why this is important, I mean, we, we've talked about executing well mm-hmm. um, in the first three to six months in, in a sort of a previous episode. I'm actually keen to hear a little bit about your journey on this stuff because um, you know I, I can tell um, from multiple signals and, and seeing you work that this is obviously something you've you're in a really good place to do well but I'm sure it probably wasn't always like that mm. um, so I'm keen to hear a little bit about that journey mm. so I am a recovering perfectionist I've been somewhat perfectionist sober I don't know how you want to define perfectionist sober but certainly relative to where I have been probably been um uh, perfectionist sober for <laughs> about three years, certainly like 100% squeaky clean in the last two years. Wow. Um, and what's that journey been? Okay, so maybe we should just 
talk about like what actually is even perfectionism. Now, I I often had thought perfectionism is a is a positive thing, you know, and people it's almost like what's the perfect answer to ask with what's your weakness in a job interview, do you know? Yeah, it's it's uh, I'm actually a perfectionist. No, no, actually <laughs> I don't I, I would say that the, the best like, you know this is a cliche like if you google it, right? Like but it will be something along the lines of um oh, like I I deeply care about my work and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather work long hours and get it all done or, you know, there's, there's oh, some sort really? of like weakness around um, putting in, you know, over and above and right. sometimes, yeah. Like, so, but taking that back to perfectionism, I think sometimes um, it's been viewed as a, as a positive thing and I probably hadn't thought about like, do I clinically have perfectionism? Now, you, yeah. there, there is actual clinical perfectionism. Like if you go see a psychologist oh, okay. and this is where... Um, being perfect is actually getting in the way of your mm. day-to-day life. Like it's harming relationships or, you know, you're losing jobs frequently, you know, or you've lost your job because of it. Like it, it's actually caused harm in your life. So like I'm certainly never been at that level, yeah. um, but can definitely, uh, I, I definitely noticed that I was like, what, like what's going on here? Like, um, and like I was chatting to my psych about some stuff and I was like, I've got this really strange situation where, I've got this email that I need to send um, to this investor and for whatever the hell the reason, like I just can't put myself together to like just type two paragraphs and send it. And like I kind of, it's not that I don't know what it is that I need to put together. Um, It's not that I don't know that it's not important, but then I just kind of keep punting it and then I'll go, okay, all right, I'll put half an hour on my calendar, like I'll get this thing done. And then I was like, why is it that I just maybe will go into procrastination land or pick on some other tasks and then I'll get to the end of the day and I wouldn't have like sent the goddamn email and I'd be like going to self-loathing land mm. and like beating myself up going like how fucking stupid do you have to be? It's a 30-minute email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like you put half an hour in your calendar. Why didn't you goddamn do the damn thing, right? <laughs> um, and I was so perplexed by this. Um as to, you know, so I actually started my kind of like Google research um, into this around procrastination. Um, and, but then I spoke to my psych about it and she's like, well, you basically have a light form of perfectionism. And I'd never thought of that. And then I Googled perfectionism, like, well, what actually is even the term? Yeah. And then I found two great YouTube clips by School of Life. They're outstanding. And like, when I listened to, I forget which one I, I listened to first, but when I saw that, I was like, Man, this is like describes me. Like this is just straight up me. And, you know, I think the three sort of major things that stand out for perfectionism is like one, there's a relenting striving for extremely high standards um, where you're personally demanding, um, you know, of yourself around hitting those um, standards. So this is often called as just unrelenting standards. Um, the second one is that you judge your self-worth largely on your ability to strive and achieve such unrelenting standards. So it's like, I know what the perfect marble statue looks like. You know, I've seen it. I've seen other people do it. And then now I've just got to get this marble statue done um, for like, I don't know, my kid's art fair. I'm just making up a crazy, you know, hypothetical here. And I'm just like, I'm beating myself up because I know what great looks like and I know that I'm probably capable of great as yeah. well um, and I want to push myself to that great. And so then we'll get to what then, how perfectionism links in with um, procrastination, but often that's what's like so overwhelming or the fear of shipping something that's like shit and you're going to be judged. Um, but back to the three points. So one is um, relentless 
are striving for high standards, also known as unrelenting standards. The second one is you're linking your self-worth um, to be able to achieve and get those um, unrelenting high standards that okay. you set yourself. And then the third one is if you've had any negative consequences um, because you've set those demanding standards, um, but yet you still continue to go for them despite it beginning to hurt you. Mm. Right. So Shit. an example of that, and I'll just be a little vulnerable here is like, you know, I remember in my early twenties, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, as an example, prepare for an important customer pr- presentation. And I just had that unrelenting high standard of what a great presentation is going to look like. And so Annie, you know, is my wife, you know, should say, okay, like let's go out for dinner on Tuesday. And, you know, before you know it, because I haven't got on top of all my other stuff for that day. And cause I'm like, no, I've really got to nail this thing. I would then disappoint her because I'd be cancelling yeah. because I'm got these unrelenting high standards that I want to get to, and I'd you know do two nights in a row getting it to midnight. Now we'll get to the loop in a moment, but there's a procrastination loop which is I then would attend that meeting, let's say on the Wednesday, and I'd blow everyone away, right? Everyone's just like, "Fuck, Mike, that was amazing, that was incredible." And then now I'm like, "Shit!" Like I just I shipped what was up to my extremely high standards but it had some negative consequences, um, you know, like for me. Yeah. And I'm judging my own uh, ego and my own self-worth based on that recognition, right? So in that like, in that Wednesday meeting. And so this is like how the loop happens, but that is essentially what perfectionism is. <laughs> I didn't, didn't expect to go on such a long ramble there, but the, the way um, that I've had to go on a journey of uh, cracking it, like obviously like any... Um, you know, to use an alcoholic addiction, right? Like the first thing is just acknowledging <laughs> that you have this this challenge, right? So like one was when I had this awareness of, oh, like there is this thing, perfectionism. And I just, I learned a lot about it, which is actually a bit ironic. I remember my psych saying, hey, I'm going to send you this pack. Um, there were like these 10 PDFs about like what is perfectionism. And it was sort of like the clinical, you know, psychologist, you know, way of understanding it and addressing it. And then she then laughed and she goes, you're probably going to like set high standards to like know the perfectionist material so that you can perfectly beat your perfectionism. Like um, I was like, yeah, that's actually how I'm feeling. Like yeah. I want to conquer this challenge. So in a, in an odd way, like my motivation to get on top of this, like actually propelled me in a good spot, which then links into a startup, right? Because there's just so many scenarios where it's like, especially early on uh, in our journey, I remember I had this note in front of me which said, is what you're doing right now trying to hit our goal at the time was like 300 retail stores, you know, signing up for our service. So it's like, is what you're doing right now helping you get to 300 like retail stores, you know, if not stop it. Mm. (laughs) And it just, it was this forcing function of do your job. This company will die in December if I don't get to 300 stores and I do not like, I can't, you know, fluff on this thing i can't like spend six hours perfecting this thing you know like that color scheme for that thing on that website doesn't look great and it's not up to my extremely high standards you know that i often even put on other people as well so that's a whole nother journey where i've had to not only have my own perfectionism not you know eat me up in my own productivity but you know as a as a founder like i then would set that bar right and it would be pretty hard to work with me yeah um and so anyways the long the long 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 version is like finally fucking cracked it in the last you know three-ish years um but that's been my journey with perfectionism wow appreciate sharing mark yeah appreciate being vulnerable of course um a couple of things that jump out to me here 
um, this concept of pragmatic high performance. Mm. Because I think often at times, and, I, and I've, I've, I've thought this before, that in order to be a high performer, mm-hmm. in order to succeed in these hurt locker environments, mm-hmm. you really need to do things really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's often the trap maybe to fall into is that you start to really feel like you have to nail every customer meeting and every email. Yep. And I think potentially the, the layer into this is, is that pragmatic high performance, understanding that sometimes you do just need to ship stuff Zooming out a bit. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to sort of unpack the, the, the steps you might want to take as an individual who might be feeling like you, you are doing the you know, perfectionism, the procrastination stuff. Right. Um, how do you aim for the pragmatic high performance mm. to ship the right, right amount of fidelity? So this is where it gets hard, right? Because the answer is not necessarily like, I mean, I've got this note when I was going through this journey, which was good and done is better than perfect and not done or late. Um, mm. You know, like it, good and done is better than like, so that investor email example, like if I just sent it and it was done is better than pissing the guy off that has sent me a note and I haven't replied for three days. Like that just makes me look shit. Um, so good and done would have been better than perfect and, and late or, or not done. The problem with this answer is that it's uh, dependent on the on the task and what it is that you need to get done. Yeah. So here's the curveball. There are times, I almost think it was like a five-star experience or like a one out of, t- you know, one to 10. There are some things that you need to ship that are worth the effort and making it four or five stars. And there are a bunch of stuff that you can just ship one, two stars and you can iterate on and get it to three or four stars. So like if I'm if I'm preparing, let's say, you know, when, if we were cap raising, um, so raising money from investors, then that like presentation and my prep uh, for that meeting has got to be like pretty close to four or five stars. I can't just ship some shit there because I'm not going to get the outcomes that matter. But then maybe my feedback on, you know, some design earlier that day or what does the pamphlet look like for the conference or I mean, there's a range of other things that, man, I would love to make that thing four stars or five stars. And I know what a really great like landing page and campaign and getting that messaging right and getting, you know, everything looking beautiful. In my head, I can see it, but I'm just going to have to let that thing be one star knowing that we'll get better over time yeah. because I have to nail the investor pitch deck four or five out of 10 Mm. as an example. So then you kind of have to work backwards to go, what are the things that I need to get four or five out of, uh, you know, uh, sorry, four or five stars. And what are the the bunch of stuff that I'm fine to do one stars or just not even get to at all. And so then this is where you got to like work backwards. And what I find most helpful is if I fast forward in a year's time, so in 12 months from now, what are the, what's the place that I need to be in and what are the outcomes and what do I need to have achieved that is most important, right? So like at, at the most simple binary level at a, at a company thing is ensure the company doesn't run out of money and go bust. Like, I mean, that's like super, you know, binary, right? Yeah. But you know, there's, cool. there's scenarios where that's like super important. So, you know, if I'd been fluffing, you know, pillows and rearranging the deck chairs as the, as the, the, the Titanic's going under, then who cares how well I did those things, even if they were four or five out of 10 out of, st- like I kind of, like the most important thing and not right, running out of money needed to be done at a, you know, good level of fidelity. And so this is where working backwards to go, how am I going to ju- be judged? How am I going to judge myself? Whether I've done a cracking, you know, good job, you know, in three months and six months and 12 months, what are those critical things that I need to nail? And then 
put that back into your prioritization. And then there's a bunch of, you know, hacks to, you know, get you started, you know, to overwhelm, like when you feel overwhelmed with the big thing. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff um, to get to get get you going and to time box it and to stay within, you know, those uh, constraints and, you know, so forth. But effectively working with the end in mind backwards going, the single most important things is, you know, not running out of money, making that higher, you know, winning those next 10 customers, you know, making sure that this person and this person in the team feel supported so they don't give up and leave us because you were early days in this startup, whatever it may be, list six, seven things and then work backwards and then go, okay, how am I spending my time? And other, am I spending at the right level of fidelity? Um, and being okay with even some of that, you know, shipping and then, and then kind of iterating on that. And so I think it requires you to be quite maniacal about how you're spending your time in particular. I, I find that really useful. So going back and looking, you know, at yesterday um, and look, you, you, when you go on this journey, um, you know, unlike the sort of alcoholism um, analogy where it's probably best to go cold turkey, I'm, I'm no expert, but I'm guessing, you know, that's probably the better, the better method in the sort of getting on top of your perfectionism so you can ship more. I actually think it's it's important to actually have some self-forgiveness on that journey and, and knowing that it's going to take a while. Like you're not going to be able to flick a switch and then all of a sudden turn into some like perfect pragmatic shipping machine tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's probably somewhere over the vicinity of a six to 12 month journey and you'll still have some of those perfectionist, you know, tugs that, that keep that keep pulling on you. Um, but kind of not beating yourself up, you know, if you kind of, didn't get to that email that day, but then giving yourself some forgiveness and then going, okay, like there are systems and uh, processes and um, methodologies to be able to make progress. And yeah, super recommend working with a psych as well on that. So that's sort of a long way of saying that it's not just ship shit all the time and ship, you know, one star stuff, but it's actually being really thoughtful about, okay, I've got to send this email. I've got to create this thing. I've got to, prepare for this customer meeting or I'm meeting my CEO internally. Some things you want to be four or five stars and some things you want to be one star. Make sure that you get the four or five star things, A, get them fucking done and then B, make sure they're at that, that right level of fidelity because that's really going to matter in you know three, six months time and they compound. Nice. Uh, and it reminds me of delegation poker mm. um, and maybe it's actually something, and we, we, we touched on that um, in, in a previous episode, the, the people managers at number eight. It's like delegation poker. Maybe sometimes you actually go to your manager and you calibrate on these things. Like, hey, like I'm actually not sure whether this thing should be a three-star or a five-star email call. Can we calibrate on that 100%. and get on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I find really, really useful, like in perfectionism land, is just, you know, working with other people, finding your own accountability loops as well. Like, notice when do you ship stuff? You know, first of all, like, when are you not shipping and you should have at all, right? Like, you're going to, obviously go into some self-loathing and beat yourself up and have done a bunch of product um, non-productive things and etc. But notice when that happens and then notice when you have made some progress and I don't know, hey, I, I it's it's honestly usually like a deadline. There's, there's often when there's a deadline on the horizon and there's this great um, TED talk. Are you familiar with... Um, Oh, what's the guy's uh, name behind Wait by Why blog? Uh, oh, Tim, Tim Urban. Urban. Yeah. Monkey so, brain. Yes. Have you seen the YouTube yeah. clip? You know, and he, he talks about, um, you know, the monkey brain sort of taking over and it, it's a whole... Link it's, it. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, great uh, TED talk on procrastination. But he, his sort of end punchline is you kind of need a deadline there and you need some sort of, you know, boogie monster to scare that monkey brain into like fucking stop 
you know, procrastinating. And usually you can create those scenarios. It's pretty hard to create them in of your on your that uh, in of yourself. Like that's sort of to be honest, that's a bit of a black belt move. Like why you're a white belt, <laughs> um, you know, don't try to create self accountability loops when you don't have them. And so you can sometimes create fake deadlines and make yourself accountable to someone you could say you know hey i want to calibrate with you on is this more important than that is that okay if it's get three star okay no worries i'll make sure that i get you a copy to review three o'clock tomorrow like you can make something like that up yeah and then you're like oh shit i've just told that person that i'll get it to them at three o'clock tomorrow yeah um you don't want to be known as the ball dropper you don't want to be known as that person that constantly like and so then before you know it that creates momentum that fuck like i've got to get this thing done yeah uh and before you know it you know these are the 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 the, the stepping stones that you want to lay out uh, to make progress here or take a customer facing role and have a customer oh, meeting in your calendar nothing like that that'll do the job did you did you have that an experience like that recently yes yeah and it was wonderful yeah <laughs> thanks mike lots of uh lots of good stuff today really punchy very good Hey, thanks so much for listening to Startup Jobs. Uh, if something resonated with you in today's episode, please spread the love uh, and share it with someone in your network who might get something from it. Um, and while you're there, please leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us out in spreading the show, uh, getting it into the ears of new people uh, wanting to get into startup jobs. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.